This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Hello, welcome to episode 7 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and that was an awful lot of greetings right there. I think it counted three or four different types. <laughs> well, I wanted to be thorough to make sure people felt welcomed to this episode number 7. That's a good thing. I agree. I'm all on board with it. So, I'm going to start straight away and call you out. Like I'm, I'm not, There's not going to be no windy banter. There's going to be small talk. I'm just going to say... Last week, we talked about Blacklist. I wasn't caught up. You made the comment of, it's a very satisfactory ending to a two-part episode. They <laughs> killed the main character. How is that satisfactory in any way? Well, like, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, it's very satisfactory, okay? All right, let's see here. She's, all right, they're going to fit. No, no, she's just freaking dead. That's it. How is that satisfactory, John? Well, my logic is this, that um, we went through a two-part episode where it was, will they, won't they, you know, who's going to be in trouble, who's going to get taken away, but it kind of felt muted, you know, it kind of felt like, oh, don't worry about it, and everything's going to be fine, everything's going to turn out okay, and to have something of that level of gravity punch you in the balls at the, like, we've got five minutes left in the episode mark, Yeah, I, I felt that it really, like... It gave me the punch that I needed. It was like the episode where he was locked inside the uh, case there. Oh, see, no, I thought that was way more dramatic, the, that episode you're bringing up now, when he's locked in the case. Yep. And the, yeah, no, I thought that was, yeah. I, I understand where you're going with it, I guess, now. But, you don't, but you don't feel that this was satisfying? It was shocking. So, yes, it was shocking. But it's like, I don't know. You, it, it, I didn't expect that. You know, I expected her to live, if you will. And so I guess with the setup of, oh, it's satisfying. I'm like, all right, well, she's going to make it because that's that's how they – that's happiness, happy ending right there. Oh, no, she didn't. And then, like, I went back and watched it because you know how sometimes they'll leave you that little – notion of, oh, maybe she's still alive and they're covering this up or something. Right. Uh, but no, there was none of that was there. None of that was there to the point where if they brought her back, giant just like bullshit flag would have to be thrown on that because someone's getting their ankles boxed over that ending. <laughs> That's what they do. Well, um, in this world, you know that people can appear to be dead and then come back. Yes, but this seems pretty definitive that she's gone. I mean, uh, I think I, I would love Red it to was be way too like emotionally upset about it all. But I think that that's part of it. There was at least one moment when she said that she wanted to talk to Tom alone and we didn't yeah. get to hear what was going on in there. Right. And this could have been some kind of setup to get out of Red's life, to be away from Red. See, I don't maybe because she did like reconcile with him before she did die, before she got put in that medically induced coma and everything. Right. But at the same time, like he was right there. He was the one that was with her when she died. You know what I mean? And they zipped her up in a body bag and they took her away. And he had his people take her away. Yep. So I don't see how Tom. They, I don't. None of those people would betray Red for right. Tom. So that's why I'm like, 
No, she's definitely that. She's dead, dead, dead. And then with this most recent episode this week, I don't know if you watched it or not. I did. But if she's still alive, then this episode doesn't make sense, and it's a throwaway. Uh, see, well, I don't a, think maybe not a throwaway. Sorry, uh, a slap in the face of the viewer to have him be that emotionally upset and and hallucinating like that for it to be just what fodder for us. Well. I know that at the very least, they had to do something with her character. They had to write her off the show because of the pregnancy and and all that. Uh, Obviously, she was getting ready to come to term. Right. So I I know that they had to do something along those lines. But, you know, we're dealing right now with the ghost of her mother. And is she alive? Is she not alive? You know, so that's what I felt this episode was, was to remind us that, you know, there's still ghosts out there she her clothes were found on the beach nobody ever found her you know at the end they find the locket so but it does make more sense i mean we've gotten more closure on red's relationship with elizabeth Keene in this episode than ever right you know but he, he was deeply in love with her mother and made a promise yes but also we haven't gotten all of the answers that we wanted do you and think we'll get them that's the other reason that I don't know if she can truly be dead, dead, because what would be the reason to keep going if we're not going to get those answers? Well, I mean, I think they could backdoor sweep those answers under, like have them before the end of the season. He he quickly you know fires off what they are. But ultimately, Red's character is the main character of the show. True. His relationship with the FBI was based on being through Elizabeth. Um, now that she's gone, he has created enough rapport with the other people there that he could continue to work with them, with them, and they would continue to work with him. I would assume, right? You know, to, to get these people because I, I don't want to see the show stop. I know it's reworth, rever, uh, renewed for fourth season, yep. so I'll be interested to see what they do going forward. I, I love the character, yes, red character a lot. Like to me, that's. That's the show. Now I can I can get over her not being there. Right. But don't forget also that we've got the giant, you know, we as the audience have that giant bit of knowledge that they've got the spin-off show coming. And yes. in fact well, you the, watch on yes. Hulu, right? I do, and I know the season finale of this season is a backdoor pilot episode yes. to that series. The so. preview for next week's episode shows a focus on Tom and it shows a still shot of Famke Jansen. Yeah. So, so. We know that that's coming. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. No, I don't watch on Hulu. They didn't put it on Hulu this year. I have to watch it on the NBC app. Oh. Yeah, so they didn't, the they they didn't put it on Hulu. Hmm? The way they mess with things, I'm telling you. Well, it's weird. It's like, okay, Hulu, I love Hulu. Like, it's fantastic. But, like, it has NBC shows, but it doesn't have all of them. And, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have Blacklist this year. It did last year. Yeah. And then, like, on Fox shows, most of the time – like say like Gotham and Lucifer by one o'clock in the morning, they're on Hulu for me to watch, you know, while at work. But like this year with American Idol, which is another Fox show, like it would air on say Thursdays, but they wouldn't have the episode up until like Saturday. Oh, okay. So it's weird like that. Um, 
a lot of other stations, uh, anything ABC related, it doesn't get on there until six o'clock the next morning or eight o'clock the next morning. Same thing with raw. Uh, but like CW shows, they're up by like three in the morning. Like, yes, I'm up all night. I I pick up on these things. Gotcha. I get excited. It's like, oh, it's three o'clock. It's Wednesday. I can watch Flash. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyhow. Okay. So that was Blacklist. Yeah. I, I'm sorry you felt disappointed by my interpretation of that being satisfying. Uh, I, I wasn't disappointed with your interpretation. I was just, I feel like you were setting me up. <laughs> I guess is what it is. You were like, <laughs> he's going to watch and be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> no, no maliciousness meant, my friend. Uh, well, regardless. So I already said it. Let's just go to Lucifer. It's on the top of my page here. Um, I got to say, this is my favorite episode this season. Wasn't it great? Yes. If he was like this uh, in every episode, the sadisticness he had. Uh, his intensity, I mean, like, that was fantastic. It reminded me of the first Lucifer that we got, like, yeah. when the season yeah. first opened. His interaction with that street preacher was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That was just great. Um, But, but, the last minute, it, it lost me. And the reason why is because they did that classic placing the main character under arrest just because a body was found without right. actually looking into it at all. Right, which we all know doesn't really Right, because in, <laughs> in reality, you might be held, but you're, they're not just going to look down, dead body, you're in the same room, draw my gun, you're under arrest. Exactly. Like, that doesn't happen. Unless it's, you have enough evidence. Be, right, right, and that's supposed to be the drama for the TV, but... I don't know if I've just matured past that drama like that. Or I'm just tired of it. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> I enjoyed the episode immensely all the way to, like, that last 50 seconds. Here's a poll that I think you would probably get. I don't know about a lot of people. Yeah. But in the very beginning of the episode, we had the, the satanic ritual. I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah. And the guy who was facing the girl and then took her in the back room and everything, he was all dressed up in goth makeup yeah. and like a cape and everything. And I swear to God, as soon as I saw him, I thought of Jimmy Chance from Raising Hope when he was in his goth phase. Oh, my goodness, yes. He looked just like Dracon Noir. Yes. He did. He really did. Oh, now, see, now if I have watched the episode again, I'll just be laughing at that. <laughs> it was good. But, yeah, I really liked, I liked how he got back to his snark of, like, you know, it was uh, Detective Douche and Detective Stash. I liked how he yes. gave them those little snarky nicknames. Yes, yes I, I thought that was great as well. And then, of course, in my mind when he said that, I was immediately putting Douche Stash together. Yes, and trying to figure out how I can use that to insult someone. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Like someone who has a really, like, Douchy okay, stash. well, like on uh, Orange is the New Black, one of the guards they call Porn, porn stash. stash. Yep. Yeah. So he could be Douche Stash, I guess. There you go. Um, so, but it, yeah, it was... I mean, there's what, one episode left? Yeah. Okay. So Monday um, night, we'll see. It, it was interesting. I don't know, trying to, like, when he was asking Trixie about her mom, I still think Trixie is one of the best characters on the show, because the kid's just awesome. When she yes. comes in on the scene, she just, she brings such energy. Um, and then checking for wing scars on her mom's back. We all yeah. knew it wouldn't be that easy. Come on. Right, right. But then there's that whole maze and amenadiel, and yeah. will she kill him, won't she kill him? Yeah, yeah. that's... I'm just going to stick with I enjoyed the Lucifer <laughs> character of this episode. There you go. I, I can appreciate that. 
But uh, yeah, I agree with you about Trixie. I think she's hilarious how she always hugs Lucifer and he's like, get away from me. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. I mean it. You know, like, I think that's how I look at their relationship, I guess. Right. Uh, so anyways, Gotham. Gotham. So Jim has anger issues, right? Oh, like, he, I know it's really well does. established, but like, how does he have two girlfriends in his life being that angry all the time? <laughs> Uh, ladies like the bad boy. I I don't know. I mean, every line that he has is practically uttered through gritted teeth, right? Full he's, of disdain. He's getting worse with it. I mean, yes. You picture you him like a McDonald's drive-through, just like quarter pounder with cheese. Do you remember? Did you ever watch Deadwood on HBO? I did not. Okay, so um, oh no, what's his name? Come on, he played, he was the first uh, hitman in the hitman movie. Timothy Oliphant. Um, obviously, he was unjustified as well. But anyways, he plays a character named Seth Bullock on Deadwood. And Deadwood takes place uh, back in Deadwood, uh, I think it was in South Dakota, before they were a uh, state and everything. And his character is is worse than Jim Gordon when it comes to anger management issues and just being pissed off all the time with life, I think in general. Right. And literally every line is uttered through gritted teeth and full of utter disdain for the person in front of him. And it's just like, he is angry, angry, angry all the time. And, and just the opposite of his character unjustified, but you would see it come out every once in a while. But yeah. So I just thought of that when we were talking about Jim Gordon. Nice. It's a great show, though. You should check it out. I think it was HBO. All right. I actually wrote in my notes uh, when they had the little montage there of him beating the tar out of every walking yes. criminal out there. Yes. I actually wrote Rampage all in capitals, and I could hear Archer <laughs> crying it out in my head. Rampage! Um, so uh, Hugo Strange is the, is the philosopher. That's not a surprise. And that was kind of a short trip. Like, that yeah. seems like the type of mystery that should have been going on all season, and we got it all wrapped up in one episode. But, you know, Gotham's famous for that. They're famous for just quickly running through stuff. Yeah. And then you go back, you look at the season, and they cover so much ground. And part of it's like, oh, I'm glad they didn't drag everything out. Right. And then at the same time, you're right, though. It seems like that, well, maybe that should have been stretched out a little more. Just a little bit. Maybe give it two or three episodes. You know, it took us how many episodes to find out Matches Malone was the guy who pulled the trigger, you know, half the season this season, and then we had yeah. all of last season. And now suddenly they're like, by the way, we're looking for a guy named the Philosopher. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. So like away. the lamest where's Waldo in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he does have the lamest chin strap beard in the world. <sighs> Yeah, it's too bad, too, because I love B.D. Wong. Yeah, but it makes the rest of his head and face look ginormous. I, I liked how at one point they were talking about taking the girl to prison, and they're like, well, what are we going to do about that? And Gordon's like, well, let's just break her out. Like, that's now a thing. Right, yeah. Exactly. It's like a Saturday afternoon activity. Hey, let's do another prison break. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, we're going to break her out on the way. Take the money and go. Take the money and go. <laughs> Apparently he's trying to be Batman. <laughs> Don't turn around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, did, now, did you notice in that scene when they hijacked the armored car, yeah. if you look in the background of the overpass, there was Joker graffiti on the wall? Uh, yes. It was the words, ha, 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 were the teeth of the smile. It was awesome. 
Loved it. Yes, and I'm sure that's a little nod to what's to come. Yep. Because they've teased us with a couple different, like, Joker, quote-unquote, variations on this series. So yes. Far. And then I think it's getting even closer with what we saw Hugo Strange doing his reanimation. Yes, yes. Um, although... Leo Gallivan is Azrael? Yeah. Um, the, I, mm. I can see the Azrael. I understand that because of the religious devotion. He actually came out of that order of yes. the Knights of St. Dumas. But... The Theo Gallivan reveal was no way a surprise to me because you saw it in the commercials. Like, the commercials for Gotham leading up to this week would show Theo Gallivan standing there doing the ta-da face. Oh, see, for me, I didn't see the commercials leading up to it. Okay. Um, because I don't always get Fox commercials with the Hulu and everything. Gotcha. However, his name in the opening credits <laughs> is what tipped me off. They still make that mistake. You know, sometimes they don't do it. Uh, what was I was watching recently? They did a very good job of it. Oh, it was Daredevil. Yes. Did you watch all of Daredevil? Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, which was when they had uh, Vincent D'Onofrio come back as the kingpin at the at end the, of that episode. Exactly. And they show him, and then they, immediately they go to the credits, and the first thing they show is guest starring Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin. Which was perfect. That's yes. how it should be done. I love it when they do that. Like, the only – like. There's so many times when, like, a TV show or, a, like, a like a Law & Order episode will get ruined because <laughs> you, you, they, you don't know who the killer is, but you're like, oh, that guy played John Boy on the Walton, so clearly it's him. Yeah. As because, soon as you see special guest star in the beginning, you're like, oh, yes. oh, that's him. Or, like, for instance, one of those character actors that you've seen on a bunch of stuff – and he's just kind of milling around in the background, and you're like, nah, he's too big of a quote-unquote name to be a, a background player. He's going to be the killer in this episode, and sure enough, he is. Yeah. Why would they bring so, in that big-name star to be a janitor? Hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But yeah, they'll do the same thing when you're watching a show and like their name pop up in the opening credits, and you're just like, oh, come on! Right. Like, there goes the surprise. <laughs> um, so, real quick... That's something I want to bring up here. I want to talk about Mr. Freeze for a moment. Now, okay. think about this. Okay. Thinking. He, he is required to be in sub-zero temperatures. Correct. To survive. And obviously the cold doesn't bother him. If you do anything from Frozen right now, I'm no, going to no, no, end no, the no. podcast. No, 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 no. Okay. That's just a, that's. The cold doesn't bother me anyway. I thought yeah, I didn't even that think path. of that until you said that. So I wasn't <laughs> even going there. Anyway, so clearly – the sub-zero temperatures does not affect him in any way. Correct. However, how uncomfortable and hard must his bed be? Because, you know, that mattress isn't going to stay soft in sub-zero temperatures. Uh, those fibers are going to be coarse. Right. And they're going to be stiff. And it's not like his body heat's going to warm it up. Right. And it obviously he can't do anything with down because down insulates against the cold. So Correct. It would, and it so, would constantly like, be at odds everything in his workshop was metal. So it's all like he's cursed to being cold and to be seated and sleeping on hard surfaces. I hadn't given that any thought, but yeah, well, it probably is. I was clearly is... bored when I made these notes. <laughs> it probably is an unfortunate side effect of being a supervillain, I guess. Well, he didn't set out to be a supervillain, though. He was righteous in his to help yes. save his wife at any cost. Which they yeah. then removed from the equation, thus spiraling yeah. off and downward, in my opinion. And, th and so now he is kind of a right. douche stash. Douche stash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, heck. So, um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, how about Flash? Good. That's what I actually have written next on my paper. Is oh, the then Flash. never mind. Let's do something else. Okay. No, no Flash was awesome. I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed ninety-five percent of it. I liked how the beginning of the episode, we see the uh, the thing that was on his chest. Yep, the tacky. And I'm one. like, from from for that, you know, that he wore in Supergirl, and yep. I was just like, oh, they're gonna talk about Supergirl, and then he's running, and he goes through that portal, and he instantly comes back out the portal. Yep. And then he's like, how long was I gone? And they're like, what? And then that's it. That There's, was it. it, does, it uh, it's, honestly, it was quite disappointing. It was disappointing. I even talked to somebody else who missed that completely. They were like, what are you talking about? And I explained it, and they were like, oh, wow, yeah, I missed that. Because yeah. it was such a brief – like, it almost looked like he went to the past or the future yeah. and then popped back. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, well, maybe they'll address it later or mm-hmm. it'll happen again or something, but then – Dr. Wells makes the new version, which fits right under his flash symbol on his chest, as opposed to being over it. Well, so now it's like, oh, well, I I guess it's not going to. I may have an explanation. It's an unfortunate one, but I may have one. Okay, go for it. I was listening to uh, Hollywood Babylon, and Kevin Smith was going off on one of his tirades for like 40 minutes, you know, a two-minute story in 40 minutes on uh, his experience. It's like that hour and a half special that was one question. Right, exactly. So he was talking about his time on the set of The Flash, and he loved it and blah, blah, blah. But what he came down to was he said that they gave him, at one point, the first pass, and the shows have to be 40 minutes, you know, so that they can have commercials and everything. And the first pass of his episode was like uh, 59 minutes, I think he said. Yeah. So they had to shave almost 20 minutes out of it, and he said that there were some things that they had marked off, and they were like, we can easily lose this, this, this. You know, that's eight minutes right there that we just got to trim some other stuff. So it could be possible that they had so much to fit into this episode that they marked that as one of the things. Maybe he came back, and they had a whole thing about him being over there, and they were like, you know, let's just cut it because – yeah. Because ultimately it doesn't affect the long, ongoing storyline. Right, right. And they can always readdress it and just retcon it back or something like that. Exactly. But they did have a lot packed into this episode, so I wonder if that was, you know, let's save two minutes here. Yeah. Well, okay, so I really hate that they took Barry's Speed Force (sighs) because... No, they didn't take it. He gave it. Yeah, okay. Actually, I hate that worse because ultimately he made the decision that... Wally's life was better, was was more important than the greater good. Because think of all the crime that will not be stopped anymore because the Flash is not around. Right. All the metahumans that will not be stopped because the Flash is not around. Who, they could kill multiple hundreds of people. Exactly. All the chaos that Zoom's going to cause if he chooses to stay in this world. Right. Because there's no one that can stop him. Yep. So, I mean, I know Barry's choice was allegedly selfless. But it wasn't. It was no, it stupid. wasn't. It was poor. It was poor decision making. Joe, he's family. Yeah, and there are lots of families out there that are going to die when the next metahuman right. pops up and starts exactly. ripping up chunks of asphalt. And... Exactly. I think Joe would have gotten over it. I think if something yeah. bad happened to Barry, Joe would be more upset than Wally. I think most of the world would be more upset because, like you exactly. said, you know, people are going to die. Crime is yeah. going to go unchecked. So. You know, because I watched this on Hulu, I don't get the scenes from next week preview at the end. Yep. But I'm sure it went something along the lines of Barry has to adjust to not having the speed force and bad things happen. Yeah. 
That's exactly what it is, literally. So, and, and, and I think that what I hate it the most is because you know he's going to get it back. Yes. And and knowing Flash, it's not going to be some long, drawn-out scenario. He's going to get it back by the end of next episode for I whatever reason. My theory is that he's going to call upon it. Because, he's well, going to call upon it? Yeah. Uh, in the comics, the Speed Force was like an entity. It was like the Force or the life stream or whatever. Oh, so, okay. I think he's going to, like, it'll be a moment of trauma or he, he's, like, faced with an impossible choice and something inside him just calls out to the Speed Force and draws it back into him because it's not like it has a specific amount. It's not like a well where there's only so much water. You know, it's a force that imbues and runs through. So that's okay. my thought is that he's going to call upon it without even realizing it probably, and that's how he's also going to get faster without the need for Tachyon enhancement later on he's going to become the one true flash the true fastest man alive okay all right well i mean i guess i guess i can buy that if that if that happens yeah, it's in, just my theory that way that's a good theory but ultimately at the same time he lost the speed force you know he's gonna get it back so it almost it just seems redundant. I think it wouldn't have been so bad if they hadn't drawn it out. Like if it had just been Zoom, say, plunging his hand into Barry's chest, sucking out the speed force, and then running. But this was like they <sighs> hung Sit out. Around, let's have a conversation. Let's, yeah. let's bond. Let's yeah. And, and dropping that. the little hints like, "Who's the man in the iron mask?" <laughs> you wouldn't believe me if I told you. What uh, what kind of dick move is that? Yeah. But they and did... I'm talking to the writers there. I'm not talking to Hunter Zolomon. I'm talking to the writers. Right. Right. But they did, um, you know, they did give us a, um, oh, I can't think of the word now. They did explain the whole Hunter Zolomon, Jay Garrick. Yes. How there was two of them. So they did explain that at least. Yep. And in a, like, it was a gruesome kind of way, you know, convincing his past self or his uh, time echo to be killed for the greater yeah. good. And he's like, nah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's all he was all for it. So yeah, that was interesting. So that that I will say that that was interesting. But here's something else I want to bring up real quick. Sure. So Zoom takes Wally back to Earth Two. Yes. How did he get back to Earth Two? See, somebody else asked me that, and I thought about it, and I I have an answer. Okay. When Barry closed the Singularity, it caused yep. breaches to open all over the city, yep. but you couldn't see them. Like, yeah. they weren't just hovering portals sitting out in the middle of nowhere. People could right. come and go. Right. When they threw the bombs in, they exploded the breaches so that they collapsed in on themselves and they were sealed. Sure. Cisco reopened this breach. Yeah. So it acts just like every other breach when Barry opened them. So it's free. You can come and go as you please. See, I don't know if I buy that, though, because, okay, Cisco was partially opening the breach. Yep. Yeah. And then stopped and it closed. Yep. And I, I just got the impression that Cisco could open the breaches, but without him keeping them open, that they closed. See, I can see that, but yeah. I don't think that that was the case. Because like I said, when the breaches were opened, they were just opened. They yeah. they didn't just stay lit up all the time, but they were right. always there. You right. know, when Zoom would throw a metahuman through it, the portal would appear, the metahuman would come out, and the portal would close, looking like it was sealed, but it was still open. So I okay. think that it has to be that. I think All right. it's almost kind of like so it's kind of like the Finneys on Haven. Yes. Or yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's what All it right. is. That's the only explanation I've got and I All right, that makes sense. That, I'll buy that one. But can we I'll talk buy for that a second for a about Cisco and how cool 
it was seeing him a expand upon his powers yeah. and b go through doubts but in a star wars theme like yes he, he can't even do that like a normal person he's yeah. like what if i go all vader i could feel the dark side flowing through yeah. me yeah yeah i liked it I liked it was it a just lot, great well it's the, the 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 way they write his character i mean it's like they definitely they stay true to who he is as a character by being attached to all the sci-fi geekiness of it all right yeah, so that's actually mad props to the writing department because not every character is written that way. I mean, each character is written in their own individuality. But for the most part, when you watch a show, um, the majority of the people are the same or have the same, like like Big Bang Theory. Right. They're all geeks. They all get in for geek parts, you know. Yep. You know, and there's a couple straight man parts in there. But like on Flash, I mean, they're all each their own individual individual. You know, they're not all like carbon copies of each other type of thing. Right. I don't know if, I'm, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's all not right. the typical standard dorky geek that you would see. Yes, yes, yes. So I wonder if the actor who's playing Cisco has input on it. I bet he does. That makes I, sense. I can see that. They did have a thing, by the way. Um, we could try to put the link up in Twitter, but uh, one of the commercials during Flash this week, they have a new web series going on called The Chronicles of Cisco. And it's at cwtv.com slash Chronicles of Cisco. And they're just little fun adventures of what happens in Star Labs when Cisco's left alone. And um, Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it looked like fun, you know, ghost story kind of things. And Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty neat. Yep, I bet it has some fun stuff. Yeah, all right, cool, cool, cool. Hey, let's stay right in the same universe. Let's talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, let's do that. So, obviously, they talked about the Pilgrim last week, so we got to open up this week showing how the Pilgrim works and how someone is affected when the Pilgrim kills their past self. Yeah. So they jump right into that, and then they go right into the Pilgrim looking after, you know, first starting with Rory and, and trying to attack their younger versions to uh, kill him. Yep. Which, it turns out that the firefighting crew is our entire team from the Starship Time Warp. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had a hard time taking this episode seriously. I it, am a it huge... It was too... It was too? It was... You're a huge what? I'm a huge time nerd. Like, you throw time travel in front of me, and I'm going to be analyzing it and talking about it, and, you know, it's one of my things. So to see them butcher time travel and timelines week after week... Yeah. It really bothers me because this episode was so focused on time travel and, and yep. getting your past versions. It really just – it just – to me, it was, okay, they found her way too easy. Yes. Each time. I know, oh, well, they detected a time ripple, but uh, still. Uh, yeah. Still. I mean, if she's that good, they shouldn't be able to. And like, oh, later on, they couldn't detect it. And then all of a sudden, Ray's getting beat up and showing damage to his body that he occurred two years ago. Okay, he'd be healed up by then. Thank you. That was in my notes. He would not be displaying any bodily damage unless he was dying. Not only that, but she showed up to shoot Rory in the back. She was going to shoot him in the back of the head and walk away. Same thing with Sarah. She showed up there, and she was going to shoot Sarah. But now she decides, oh, I'll beat up Ray for a little while so that I can give them hints. This is the one time that they don't know where I am. I'll just beat him up for a little bit. Exactly, so they can figure it out. No, nah, I'm not buying that. I'm not, not at buying all. that at all. And that was annoying to me. Um, I think what I what did I write specifically? Oh, that is what I wrote. 
Wouldn't Ray have been healed over a year into the future and the bodily damage wouldn't be showing up? Yep. I had Ray getting I do like how Rory refers to himself as a, a young punk uh, yeah. and gives himself all kinds of crap and uh, is worried about him being left alone with Sarah, his younger version being left alone with Sarah. Yeah, uh, and they actually got an actor for young Rory, but they couldn't be bothered to get an actor for young Sarah. Sarah's pretty young to begin with. Yeah. They just, I'm not sure current Rory could pull off being young. <laughs> he's too, he's too grizzled veteran-like. Yeah, so. talk about somebody who talks through clenched teeth. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, but also Snark has a very unique way with which he talks. Yes. And I sometimes wonder, like, how, I, there's got to be people out there that are super annoyed by that. I would imagine he he delivers his lines like almost like a cartoon villain. Yes. You know, which technically he's a comic book villain, but still. Right. Uh I it bothers me that early on in this series and a couple times since then Rip has reminded us that you're not allowed to go back and experience something that you already experienced at one point, yet he keeps doing it. Like yeah, this time they, they literally time and time again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Rory was there fighting the fire that he set. Yeah. And Sarah was there watching young Sarah get beat up and they're touching their younger selves. Yeah. Shouldn't they be like imploding when that happens? Because like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it's almost like they've rewritten the rules of, of time that so many different movies has carefully crafted over the years. And then the next week they rewrite them again. Yeah, because they're going to just go to that timeline they we, they never could go to. But it's their only choice now. Right. You know, um. The fact that they actually decided, hey, we'll go back and remove the baby versions of ourselves from the timeline. How right. can that work? A million sci-fi and time travel fans out there slapped their heads and said, are you kidding me? Yep. That's what the Pilgrim is trying to do. So if the Pilgrim removes you, you're gone. But if we do it, eh, we'll last like, what did they give them, like five hours or something? Something like that, yeah. Something was, ridiculous. Yeah. It was a bit ludicrous. It was really ludicrous. But we've only got a couple episodes left on this show. It's actually, I, th I thought this was just going to be a 13 episode season. So it's already gone much longer than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Seems to be taking forever, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and I'm not complaining. Um, it's just, it's just longer than I thought. I, I have one more problem in here. Gideon, the computer, can detect temporal anomalies, can regrow an arm from scratch, and yeah. yet. They gave everybody amnesia pills. How is there not like some kind of technology where Gideon just flashes their memory? Yeah, I know. And then like the amnesia pills go back only so far, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because they can program them, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, yes, was just, I saw that as well. I was slapping my head at that one. I'm like, what is going on? Um, but, you know, I was almost just as equally annoyed with S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Oh, do tell. Well, my buddy Rude loved it. He's like, oh, if you watch S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm like, not yet. He's like, oh, it's a good episode. And usually when he does it that way, I'm like, oh, it really is. Yeah. I, I was super annoyed by it. I mean, they bring the Secret Warriors together. They kick some major booty. Oh, seeds of doubt are put in there and makes them turn on each other and not trust S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore and on and on and on. And then, they, oh, we're going to disband the Secret Warriors. And, oh, Daisy's the bad one. And she's the one that's been infected by Hive and bah, garbage, <laughs> garbage. And I think there's no 
no coincidence that after they uh, aired this episode, all of a sudden the Inhumans movie's release date gets pulled to uh, <laughs> indefinitely and possibly never going to happen. In place of Indiana Jones 5, which, come on, people, we didn't yeah. need the fourth one. We don't yeah. need a fifth one. So, yeah, I just – I I liked the beginning of this episode, and then as soon as everyone was rescued, I thought to myself, well, that wrapped up rather quickly. Huh, what are they going to do the rest of the episode? Oh, they're going to cast seeds of doubt, and they're going to distrust everybody, and they're going to make us think it's Lincoln's the bad person, and on and on and on. And, oh, there's the curveball. It's Daisy. Oh, whatever. Garbage. Oh, she's going to collapse the entire frigging base on everyone. Okay. Yep. I thought she was going to fly. I thought when she put her hands down, it started vibrating. I thought she was going to use the force to lev- levitate herself as well, David yep. Lane style, but no. Yeah. No. I, I, so I didn't like this week's episode. See, I can, first I can understand that. Yeah. Um, I still liked it. I still thought that it was a good episode. I didn't think that it was the best episode that they've ever had. I do also have a problem with that formulaic, as you put it, seeds of doubt, you know, when one group turns on the other and they're feeling isolated and they're like, well, let's all stick together because we all have a common thread. We all have superpowers. Exactly. And And they distrust everybody. And Colton's not going to tell everyone this. No, tell them at the beginning. We think one of you is infected. Right. Right. And I know. Please come over here so we can figure out what's wrong. Right. I feel fine. You wouldn't know you're infected because you're infected. Like, be honest about it up front. Exactly. Let us do what we do. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you're going to be locked up for a little bit, but don't worry. We're going to treat you like human beings and respect your wishes and your civil rights. Yep. Just in these shows like this. And not just though, everyone is so quick to turn on each other on a dime sometimes. Well, especially and, with the introduction of the Inhumans. Ever yes, since we introduced yes. them, it's yep. suddenly becoming like they are, you know, they hate humans, humans hate them. It's just, and I know, and I think it's annoying because to me it's almost like it's lazy writing. Because the easiest way to cr- create drama of the week is to have something ludicrous happen and have the other characters suddenly have doubts in this person that's allegedly been their best friend, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their trusted colleague and coworker, and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, oh, some little small thing happened. I'm automatically going to turn against you and put my gun and point my gun at you or arrest you or whatever it is. And then by the end of the episode, everything's all worked out and everyone's all friendly again. And the person's like, well, no hard feelings. You're just doing your job. It's well, that's garbage. Yes. It's lazy writing. It's been done way too many times. I mean, you could look at Castle this week. <laughs> Perfect example. Yep. Haley gets caught in a murder and not once do, do Castle or Beckett or anyone else think that she did it. She murdered someone or did anything wrong. They stuck by her the entire time. Yeah. That was a huge breath of fresh air when it comes I to I said the exact like same thing. I said, yeah. you know, it's so refreshing that the FBI, they're like, look, the FBI has uh, unlimited proof that it was you. You're definitely going down. They're coming for you. We'll cover for you. Yeah. You might want to go hide. Yeah. The last place you're going to want to be is at the police department. The FBI is looking for you. And even MI6 came in and they were like, no, Haley didn't do it. Yeah. Well, you don't know her. Yes, we do. Yeah. She didn't do it. They didn't go, well, we don't really know about her. Oh, she's got a secret past. Oh, you know, like, no, they were just like, she was, and she was honest with them. Like, she, you know. <laughs> so it was just, it was Same nice. network, different shows, different writers. Yeah. It, w- it was refreshing, though, because, again, that's a scenario where I'm watching this. I'm like, I immediately groaned and rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Beckett to put the cuffs on Haley because he doesn't trust her anymore. Right. And the opposite happened, and that was say, just... Castle, I'm a captain now. 
I yeah. have to do this. Right, exactly. But she you didn't. Know. No, and no, they awesome. all stuck right by her. It was great. Uh, speaking of which, I did get an update. I'm not sure if you saw this as well, but uh, they have confirmed that Kate and Lainey will not be back for the next yes, season. Yes, I wanted to talk about that too, which yeah. surprised me. And it's not... It's not that Stana Kaddick is leaving the show. They're not renewing her contract. She's yeah. essentially been fired. Yeah, they they claim budgetary issues for both yeah. of them. Both yeah. of them for the same reason. And it feels to me like maybe that's why they set up Rick's detective PI thing all season, that they brought Haley in as a partner in it, and that going forward Castle's going to be about that, with maybe working with the – I can't think of the detective's names. Sorry. Oh, you know Ryan I mean? Esposito. Yeah, Ryan Esposito. I don't know, but I was surprised because they're basically setting up to kill her. Yeah, I can't imagine a show unless, remember, she was told a while back being a senator was in her future. Then they're just – but then if she – but okay. If she's character is still alive, then you're going to really stretch the, the things. That either Cass and her are going to get divorced and break up because she's going to be a senator and he doesn't want to leave New York. That doesn't, and then, oh, or they're you're left do- with the, the – oh, they're in a long-distance relationship, so very frequently throughout the episodes, he'll be referencing her. Either <laughs> I'm on the phone with her. I'm texting her. Exactly. I've called my senator wife to get us out of trouble this week. You yep. know what I mean? Like but we'll never see her. Exactly. And that's that to me, that's Clark on Supergirl. Yes. I, I hate that part. I also read, though, that Nathan Fillion was supposedly still in negotiations about his contract. Well, they haven't renewed the show yet either. Right. Has not been renewed for another season. So, I mean, this could be the last season of Castle. At this point, if they're not bringing back Laney or Beckett, I'd rather see them just end the show. Me as well. And then Nathan Fillion can go make some more Firefly episodes or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if they do bring back the show, I mean, think of all the major female characters that have left shows this year. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have, you know, Kate on Castle. Again, like we talked about, Elizabeth Keene on Blacklist. Yep. And then Abby Mills on Sleepy Hollow, they killed her off. And then they killed Katie Cassidy's Laura Lance on Arrow. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they have killed off a lot of the, you know, strong female leads in a lot of these shows this season. They sure have. It's like they're cleaning house or something. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's actually is kind of surprising that they're going about it that way. And yet we're still stuck with Kendra the Barista. Yeah, and we still have Kendra the Barista. Yeah, bingo. God. Yeah. Sorry, she still bugs me. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, I talked about Supergirl. I want to dive into it. I've watched the last two episodes. We had the season finale this past week. Yeah. Uh, did, did you get diabetes like I did? <laughs> All right, so I... <laughs> here's, here's the deal. I'm going to start out with uh, Myriad. Yeah. Affecting Superman. Yeah. Bullshit. For the lamest reason in the entire world. He grew up on Earth, then he should be losing his powers. Yes. Precisely. If, if he's becoming human to the point where this thing can affect humans, then he then he should be losing his powers. Period. And since he's not, then it's a BS excuse. Exactly. So that, that annoyed the crap out of me. Another thing that annoyed me a little bit, Non shows up at CatCo, sees that Max and Cat both are unaffected, doesn't question it. Nope. No, doesn't he's just like, cool, man. Them, doesn't do anything. It's never addressed. They talk to him openly, and then eh, he just takes off. Yep. 
But not before killing oh, someone. Okay, yeah. Not In before the... the red shirt gets killed. <laughs> oh my god. He picks three people. The two most important secondary characters. And a girl and... with red hair. Yes. That we've never seen before. And I'm looking at red hair, red shirt. <laughs> Boom! I love the con- I love the continuity <laughs> of it all, though. We've already established in the comics and on the show that Supergirl slash Superman can fly faster than the Flash can run. Yeah. Okay? Because Superman can actually turn back time that way. Yes. So how is it that she only managed to catch two of them and the third one felled her death? How is it that when they stepped up on the ledges, she wasn't already out there swooping in and grabbing them and putting them back in the office? Like, no, stop. Well, because she's young and inexperienced and still trying to uh, figure out her powers. It was the dumbest thing I've seen. In <laughs> oh, my God. But, dude, she had red hair, so you knew she was going to die. I, I knew she was going to die, but I wanted yeah. it to not be that way just because it was dumb. And Okay, so, but that's my part. It's like she she walks into the office that day. It's like, oh, hey, Kelly, how's it going? Or whatever. And, you, and I'm like, we don't know who this is. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I'm, I'm literally I'm like this girl's gonna die <laughs> and then when like everyone in the office it's the two of them and her I'm like ding 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 <laughs> and then I'm like oh red hair yeah yep um another thing I didn't like about this episode Alex flew the spaceship uh, really yeah she figured out how to fly Kryptonian technology and and why did she have to oh that's right you're going to be out in space where there's no atmosphere and you won't be able to gain thrust. Except that uh, Superman goes to space all the time. He does it all the time. And in fact, one of these episodes, they were like, where is he? Oh, he's off on a mission in space. Yeah. Exactly. So we're supposed to believe that suddenly she can't breathe up there. She doesn't need to breathe. They're yep. Kryptonian. Oh, that bothered me. Yep. Same here. And the fact that like, Clark sends her a text message that he's on his way, as opposed to just saying it in her super earring, hearing, hearing him. Right? Right? So. Well, yeah, he's part of the I am generation, you know? That's true. He's going to send her the little messages. Yeah. Um, okay, but okay, I will say this. I do like that Supergirl's message, and I'm not saying I liked how long it was, the message was. But I do like the Supergirl's message was that of hope because, you know, they established in Man of Steel that the S is the Kryptonian symbol for hope. Uh Uh-huh. And I would have loved if that had just been a message after the mind control had broken and she was trying to rally the people who felt like, oh, my God, how can we trust ourselves? I didn't like the fact that her just speaking about hope made all these people who have no free will turn and look at the TVs and be like, yeah, man, I could get behind that. You know, truthfully, I actually fast forward through the entire speech. I didn't hear a bit of it. <laughs> it was I, so- she was. I knew she was going to sit down and talk about hope. I went nah, bleh, and I just waited till everyone had come around. I'm like, oh, here we go. I should have done that. I feel like I made the right decision. <laughs> you did. It, yeah. It's like when she's fighting Alex there in the beginning, and what breaks? Oh, I fast forward that too. What breaks through? Mom. Yeah. Alex, this yeah. isn't you. You yeah. can fight it. No. Yeah, I fast forward through that too. I was like, oh, Alex is going to fight. Dumb. Nothing's going to happen to either one of them. It was, um, like I said, that it's part right here writing. gave me diabetes. It yep. was so saccharine sweet. Yep. <laughs> I just wanted well, to vomit. Okay, and then at the end of the episode when the space shuttle crashes and she rips it open, I think it's crypto? Maybe? It's I hope pet not. Dog? But you know what? It probably will be. <laughs> Knowing the way that this show is going, it's probably crypto. Yeah. I mean, I will say I liked the show. I did like it. 
I liked it as a whole. Yep. I like her as Supergirl. Yep. I like some of the things I like. I do like that Non's been defeated. That whole storyline's gone. Yep. Um, I don't think they've renewed it for a second season yet, so I don't know if we're going to get any more of Supergirl. Right. But um, I would like to see at least another season, see where they go from there. I, I like the character, and I do like the show enough. To, I, I'd like to see it keep going. Yes. I'm hoping that the growth from the first season would hang on. Like, yeah. you know, in the beginning or at the end of this season, she's promoted. Cat calls her Kara, you know, gets yes. her name right. Right. I would hope that they don't pull that thing that they do so often in TV where we come back and suddenly she's like, well, that was a failed attempt. You're back to being my assistant, Kira. Ha ha ha. Yes. Yes. I know. I hope we don't do that either. It, uh, yeah, that would really kind of bug me. Um, can I talk for a second about Indigo? Now, oh, of course. Indigo yes. in the comics and in in the series was one of the Brainiacs. Brainiac Bra- eight. Thank you. I wanted to say nine for some reason, but yeah. um, now the Brainiacs, as they got better, as they evolved, uh-huh. they were able to shape change and shape shift. And as we saw, that can happen with this one. Yes. Yep. So why does she shape change to have a badly colored leather jacket? <laughs> like that it looks like they're trying to make it part of her skin like don't look at that don't look at the seams but why does she have that and why are her roots showing why does yeah, she have I, like shockingly red hair but then you could see her brown roots very clearly well the last scene right before she died um you could really see that the, the makeup on her face didn't look <laughs> yes. as as um well as it had in the, the rest of the episode yeah like they phoned it in <laughs> Yeah, it really looked caked on, almost like someone who did a really bad job with it. Um, and then I thought it was weird that John Jones could throw her in a shed and it could explode and she could be fine and come back together. But yet he could just rip her in half and that was it. Yeah. Especially blowing her up into millions of little pieces, I can come back together. Getting ripped in two, done for. Right. Yeah, <laughs> she. They can control themselves at the molecular yeah. level and reshape themselves in anything they want. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You yeah. severed my fake spine. Yeah, but that was like a very like kind of graphically violent scene where he just rips her in half with his bare hands. A very visceral. Yeah, you know, as opposed <laughs> to like when he threw in the shed and it exploded. I mean, if they would have done that and left it at that, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She disintegrated into all kinds of pieces. Uh, that's why she can't reform. Nope, she can reform from that. Two pieces, not enough little pieces, though. And then, is Non dead, or is he just in prison? Oh, he's just in prison. Come on. Yeah, with his eyes burnt out. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we have to suspend belief for so many other things, like the fact that a giant alien prison ship that is meant to house hundreds of alien criminals was just invisible in the middle of the desert and nobody ever stubbed a toe on it or anything? Well, no, they did say it was a nuclear site and that it was coned off and there was people were not allowed to be there. And thank God we live... Yeah, thank God we live in a world where there are no conspiracy theorists who want to sneak in and figure that out. No, you're right. You're right. I hear what you're saying. (laughs) But yeah. 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 I like how it weighed 100 million tons. Yeah. And she could carry that just fine, but she couldn't carry three human beings that jumped off the building. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> if she had no thrust and, uh, and and availability out in space, as soon as they broke atmosphere, yep, it would have fallen back to Earth because she wouldn't have been able to push it up anymore. Exactly. Or make it continue to go on because she'd have no counter resistance to push it away. 
the moment Alex said that about space, I yeah. threw my hands up in the air yeah. literally. Yeah. And I was like, like come on. Just killed years of Superman. They're trying to overlogic of this. Yes. We're talking about people, the aliens that fly. We're talking about Spider Superman flies in outer space all the time. I mean, it was, yeah. They just yeah. wanted to give Alex a chance to fly the alien shuttle that she's never flown because she's not an alien. Right, I guess, yeah. <sighs> Stupid. <sighs> anyway. And, oh yeah, I don't want to rip the show apart anymore. But. I mean, I'd love to, but because <laughs> I don't because at the end of the day we still like it exactly. So you just we're being douche stashes about it. Really, is what it comes down to being overly critical. Yeah, but I think that it earned it in these these two episodes. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll get behind you. I'll get behind you. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, while we're talking about Supergirl, I was going to talk about this after uh, we finished up. Sure. Talking about shows, but I only have really one more. I just want to throw this. Have you heard about the Krypton pilot episode Sci-Fi ordered? I have not. Okay. So apparently David Goyer is the creator of this show, and he created Constantine, Mm -hmm. and he wrote Made of Steel, and he wrote the Blade trilogy and the Batman trilogy. So, I mean, he knows his shit. He's got a good pedigree, yeah. He also did write Dawn of Justice, but I'm not going to hold that against him. (sighs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But anyways, so um, but Sci-Fi has ordered a pilot episode for a show called Krypton, and it takes place on Krypton, but 200 years prior to the beginning of the time period of Man of Steel. Okay. So this is an aspect of Superman that's never been explored with characters that we've never – like at least I've never heard of or really talked about. It's like Superman's grandfather or maybe even great-grandfather or a couple greats-grandfather. I'm not sure exactly how far back. Yeah, because they never really talk about what longevity yeah. is to kryptonite. Exactly. Kryptonians. So, there we go. Right, yeah. We don't know what their normal lifespan is because we know Superman's – you know, the, the, the Earth's yellow sun is what gives him his powers. So, um, But regardless, I don't know – like – other than calling it Krypton and making and tying into the DC the world the DC universe that way, I don't I, I don't see how they can make this a Superman show or you know what I mean like it's just going to be a, a show that happens in space on a planet. Uh, in other words, you're talking about how like in Supergirl they never really bring Superman into it. He's right. kind of hinted at on the fringe. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, without. We wouldn't have Superman, Supergirl, anything like that. It'll just right. be like, what brought Krypton to its knees? Right. But 200 years before it happened. Right. Because the beginning of Man of Steel is them launching, you know, Superman off Krypton. Because they had finally reached a point where they could no longer sustain their planet. Right. So we're going to now create a whole entire television series with characters you we don't know that's going to be about a doomed planet, but we got a 200 years of storyline to go through. Yep. Yeah, I, just, I can definitely see that. And so it's not like you're going to tune in to watch, okay, because you're familiar with these characters. We've never heard of them. Right. You know, it'd be sort of like if you read um, – if you read the book, uh, who, like uh, the Who Killed the Colorado Kid by Stephen King, and then you heard there's going to be a TV show about it called Haven, and then you <laughs> tuned in and you went, "What the frick is this? This has nothing to do with what happened in the book at all." Because for those who don't know, 
there's no troubles in the in the book written by Stephen King. No one has the troubles. It's legitimately about an unsolved murder that takes place in a main town. Uh, the only thing that is the same from the book to the show is the two newspaper guys. But that's only the fact that there's two newspaper guys. There's no FBI. There's no Audrey. There's no there's, there's no anyone on the show. It's ridiculous. It's, I don't understand how they can even uh, – yeah. So this is what it feels like to me. I mean you're given – I don't know. They wanted Stephen King's name attached to it. So they said it's based on the you know the Colorado Kid story when it's not, clearly not. And this is almost the same to me. It's like, oh, we're going to milk this superhero universe for all we can. We're going to create this space show called Krypton. It's going to have nothing to do with Superman. You're not going to know any of these characters. It's going to take plan- – but it's just going to take place on Krypton before it explodes. I'd rather watch something like uh, looking at Bruce Wayne's ancestors, you know, early Gotham yeah. type of thing. I'd rather see something like that because at least then it's on Earth and we know what's coming. But like you said, Krypton is doomed. We know it's going to blow up and it will not exist anymore. Right. So anything that happens is not going to matter. Any, any like plot to take over, any plot to destroy the planet, which you know it'll happen. Of course. Uh, will easily be defeated or will... You know, it's like putting the main characters on a TV show in peril. Yes. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's stupid. It's like those episodes that start off showing you somebody dying and then say 72 hours earlier. Yep. And they wrap it all up within that one episode, except for this one's going to be a whole series of that. They're going to be like, boom, the planet explodes, and they go 200 years earlier. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll watch it probably just to watch it. Um,. Because I don't have to pay money to go watch it, like at the movie theater, but I don't know. Right. I, I don't see – it sounds like weak sauce to me, but whatever. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree with you from that description. Yeah, because there's really nothing else to go on other than it takes place 20 years before the time period of Man of Steel. Boom. So everything, you're left to just speculation. So. Gotcha. Anyhow, um, Grimm. Yeah, Grimm. I watched Grimm this morning. I am um, a little disappointed with this episode. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, I still really want Nick and Adeline to work out for some reason. I don't know why. I spend all episodes when we do these shows complaining about stupid drama, and yet when it comes to this show, I want it. <laughs> I want that relationship between the two of them. I don't want anything getting in the, in the middle of it, and I don't know why. Um, maybe I've become endeared to the Adeline character since she – stop being such a nasty person. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I will say the whole regurgitating thing was super creepy. And overdone. Yeah, it was. And then at the end, when his parents, like, suck him dry, and and Nick and Hank are out there like, do you think they're doing... No, I'm not going in there. And they walk yeah. off. Yeah, they're like, should we let him do it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, no, they shouldn't because someone's going to find that body and be like, oh, there's another victim. Right. <laughs> the killer's still at large. The killer's still on the loose. So now the case is never closed. I um, knew that this was going to be a terrible episode right in the beginning when they found the first body that had had all the bones sucked out of it. And literally, <laughs> they said all the bones have been sucked out of this. And Nick Burkhart leans over and goes, this guy got boned. <laughs> and I went, yep, this is going to be a terrible episode. I'm not even going to bother taking notes. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It was the weakest episode of the season, in my opinion. Yes. And they, but they did one of the biggest moves where we're showing, okay, Juliet still cares for Nick, I guess. Who cares? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And then, oh, Adeline gets drugged and gets taken to an unknown location and gets to meet her daughter. And don't forget, we finally got to see Wu actually Vogue. Yes, and Wu Vogued because everyone on the show has to be somehow related to, um, not Hexens. Um, Vessen. Vessens, yeah. Because now Wu's a Vessen, Hank's dating a Vessen, Nick's a Grimm, whatever. I mean, I still like the show a lot. It's just this is a weak sauce episode for me. You're right. You're right. It was weak sauce. Hopefully they'll – my prediction is that they're going to use whether it's the stick or the – cloth or they have to tie them together somehow to make like a flag they're yeah. going to use that on <laughs> to, to cure his little malady and oh, make a flag <laughs> good one yep so um do you have any more shows you want to talk about uh briefly briefly okay. uh i watched the first episode of the night manager that six-part miniseries with tom hiddleston and uh how was it very British. Oh, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Are you going to watch more? I am going to watch more. Uh, it's interesting. I won't get into too many details, but um, it is interesting. Uh, like I said, very British, so it doesn't have the American charm of people who are, like, flipping their nuts and yelling and screaming and stuff. It's all very civilized. And, okay. Um, I also watched the first episode of the short run of Containment. Don't know if you've seen the previews for that I, one. I actually, I think... Was it on Netflix or Hulu I saw the, the – no, not Containment. Um, that was something else. No, what was this about? Containment is about a mystery virus that strikes down in Atlanta, and they have to quarantine the city off because they don't know what's going on. They aren't able to identify the virus from any known strand whatsoever except for in the first episode they do. So it's a short series then? It's a short series. Um, for me, it's even shorter because I watched the first episode and said, I will never watch another episode of this direct. It was so bad. It literally uh, it played out like a high school play. Or not even a high school play. I'd say a middle school play. Like the actors delivered their lines with cardboard-like precision. Uh, everything was exposition. You know, at one point, the guy's like getting all mad at his girlfriend and he's like, oh, are you having one of your feelings again? And she replies with, I'm having a feeling. It's okay. It will pass. And he goes, are we really going to do this again? After three years and two other failed attempts, once again, you're not going to move in with me? It was it was so bad. I just can't I would get like over it. right now if you just stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I watched the whole episode. I watched the whole thing, and it never got nasty. better. It never got better. So it's a hard, hard pass for me. If you're listening out there, don't waste your time. The writers are terrible. The actors are terrible. I mean, they don't have any recognizable star talent in this thing. Yeah. It's a huge, hard pass. Um, but on a happier note, the only other one that I have from this week was 12 Monkeys Came Back. Yeah. And you want to talk about a show that does time travel right. Now, let me ask you this real quick on the yeah. Tall Monkey side of things, because I started watching it. Hold on a second. Sure. Excuse me. I started watching it because my favorite B, uh, B-movie horror scream queen, Tiffany Sheppis, her husband, Sean, is one of the writers on the show. That's quite a pull to watch a show, actually. I've never uh, heard one go that deep. Well, I'm Facebook friends, she kept, po she kept uh, you know, pushing it. 
and it kept showing up on my feed. So I was like, oh, at least I'll watch one episode. Yep. And I did like it, but I didn't get sucked into it. Okay. So I, I didn't watch the entire of the first season. I keep meaning to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay. Now, from when I'm when I did see the tr- the, the preview for it, is it a is it a different like lead actress in this episode in this season? No, in this season, no. Okay, no, I I, I could have sworn the commercial I saw for it, it didn't have the, the the guy in it. It seemed to be focused on a girl who was jumping through time now. Well, that's part of the mystery behind the first season. Okay. You'd right. have to watch all the way through the first season to understand that. But yes, okay. that is a thing. Um, interesting, in the second season, they have added Madeline Stowe, who, okay. people who don't know why that's important, she was the actress in the movie 12 Monkeys. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you actually, um, I was listening, they did a voiceover in this episode explaining some things, and I'm like, I know that voice, because she has a very distinct voice. It's a beautiful yes. voice. She's a beautiful yes, woman. Yes. And... Uh, I looked it up, and they said, yes, uh, Madeline Stowe has been cast in the second season, unknown role yet. I didn't see her. I just heard her voiceover so far in this episode, but it was good. Um, I would suggest that you watch it. I think that you'd enjoy it. It's a short season. Maybe they're like 13 episodes. I think this season's going to be like 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a short series. But like I said earlier, I'm a big uh, time travel fan, and I feel yes. like this show really does it right. They do a lot of stuff with cause and effect and uh, ramifications. Um, it's neat seeing, and I'm sure you saw this in the first episode, where, like, sometimes he'll meet somebody, and they're like, oh, it's you again. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And they're like, we met six years ago, and you gave me this scar. And it's like, oh, that hasn't happened to me yet. So at yeah. some point, I'm going to travel back further and meet yep. this person. So it's fun to and see that kind of stuff happen. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a really good, intriguing show. Uh, it really gets convoluted towards the end of the first season. They've got a lot of mysteries that they don't tie up. But uh, the twists that they take are really worth the ride. I like it a lot. And I was really excited to see it come back. And the first episode did not disappoint in the least. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So, um... Game of Thrones comes back tonight. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wife and I are both very excited about that. We'll be watching that tomorrow on our HBO Go app because that's when we'll be watching it. Excellent. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Limitless. We are. We did not. We have two episodes left. One hasn't aired yet because we're going to watch the two part finale back to back to back. Yep. But so we're all, all caught, caught up, up otherwise. Oh, hello. We're my name up. is Rebecca Harris. Huh. I said, hello, my name is Rebecca Harris. That was a great episode. The Etch-A-Sketch? Yes. Oh. yes. That was a great episode. I really liked how they did that. Um, I like this show. The wife likes this show. We like the <laughs> Brian Finch character. Fitch character, I mean, like, Finch. Uh, person of interest, which is coming back soon. But, um, yeah. The third. Yeah, final season this year. Yep. But anyways, and they're going to do two episodes a week, not back-to-back on two different nights. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, but going back to Limitless, we love the show. We think it's great. I want to touch on this last week, and I didn't. I like how Bradley Cooper has kept coming back, and it's not just for one or two episodes. I mean, he's been in like six or seven now, I think yes. it is. And there was a time when if you, you were either a movie actor or a TV actor, and the two didn't cross. Correct. And if it did, if you were a movie actor and you were on a TV show, I mean, it was almost had that like – 
I don't, know if they, I don't know if they made fun of it in movies. They talked about it in Entertainment Weekly or whatever, but it was almost kind of like you were taking a step back. Right. And if you were a TV actor and you went to a movie, generally speaking, you had a secondary role or you had a cameo role, but you weren't the star. Right. And you never went and did TV again because now you're in the movies. But now it's almost like we are on such a great boon of television these last few years you have all these major actors major quote-unquote hollywood movie actors who are on tv shows and it's not just like hbo or showtime or anything like that i mean it's broadcast tv it's yeah. cable tv so yeah it's pretty cool actually i'm i'm really glad that you guys got into limitless i'm glad that i pushed hard enough that you actually sat down and watched it i um, was hooked after the first episode <laughs> He's got a great character, and like I said, it's one of the few times that I've ever seen – I mean, first off, it's one of the few times that you see a movie and TV show actually co- coexist, you know, cross over to the point where they can both be awesome things. Yeah, uh, yeah. To see the hero of the movie become essentially the villain of the show yes. is great. Yeah, it's it is. so great. Um, speaking of that, we'd like to borrow that because my wife wants to watch that movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I told her, I was like, she was like, oh, it's going to be over already. I'm like, I know, but John has the movie. We can borrow the movie. You should definitely watch it so you can see you know, how Bradley Cooper got to where he is. I go, it's not as light and comedy as a TV show. It's At all. It's way more drama. Not drama, way more serious, uh, but you'll like it. And so, yeah, we'd like to borrow the movie, um, yeah, so we can absolutely. watch that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're running out of shows. The seasons are coming to an end, and I don't have as many shows I'm picking up this summer. I mean, I got I got Game of Thrones coming back, Person of Interest, final season of Hell on Wheels. We still have to watch One Calls the Heart. Yeah, yeah, whatever, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you know of any other summer series coming out we can look forward to? For me, one of my, like, it's in my top three right now. You know how Flash and Limitless are, like, almost tied for first place? Yeah. Right up there with them, and I'm sure once it hits in July, it'll be surpassing them. Mr. Robot comes back for the second season. I got to watch that first season. I, you've, you've pushed that before. I, I really should try and find that and watch that. It really blew my mind. Yeah. And it is dark and it is twisted, but it is such a good show. I can't get over it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm okay with dark, dark and twisted. Yeah, yeah. It's the way I always liken it is it's like Hackers, but the good parts of Hackers meets um, Fight Club. <laughs> hackers. <gosh. laughs> and Christian Slater. Uh... Christian Slater actually won an award for his role in there. Really? Yep, I believe he won uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Series. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Well, I, I got uh, a movie to talk about. Okay, go for it's it. A, it's a documentary, actually. No. It's called, uh, huh? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? It, it's called Prescription Thugs. Okay. And it's actually something I've been wanting to watch for a while. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of them that I've been listening to is uh, well, not one of them, but like uh, there's a, a guy named Chris Bell, and he has a brother named uh, Mark and uh, Mike. And I knew Mike Bell back in the day um, from wrestling when I started out with wrestling uh, for EWA back in 1997. 90, uh, they used to rent the ring from a guy named Tony DeVito, and Mike Bell would come up with him. And I met Mike that way, and he trained me and Jay a little bit and everything. And so. Chris Bell did a documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. 
and it was about steroid abuse in sports. And of course, talked about wrestling and his brothers, both of his brothers abused steroids as well, including Mike Bell. And then he passed away right after. And Mike Bell died from prescription drug abuse. And so Chris ended up doing this documentary. He'd already started the process of getting fundraising and stuff and uh, called, which it would end up being called Prescription Thugs. And I had heard about it listening to both Steve Austin and uh, Joe Rogan's podcast as Chris and Mark were on both of those to talk about their brother's death, to talk about Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and then later Prescription Thugs. And I was like, I really need to find this and watch this. And then at four o'clock this morning at work, thumbing through YouTube, it popped up on my screen. And it's it was just eight, a YouTube video? Uh, not YouTube, sorry, Netflix. Gotcha. It popped okay. up on my screen. So it's an 86-minute documentary, and um, it really talks about prescription drug abuse in America and how this guy lost his brother to it. And, there's a, yeah, there's a portion of a, a wrestling aspect to it because, you know, they loved wrestling and Mike Bell was a wrestler. But it's definitely more about the FDA and and how all these different new like fad drugs have come out. And they talk to insider people who used to work for like the FDA or used to work for the pharmaceutical companies and don't anymore. And things that they would do. I mean, it's really fascinating to show like how it is now where someone goes to the doctors and they give them a pill for for, for this. And because they take this pill now, they can't sleep. So then they give them a pill to help them sleep. And then they, they they can't wake up in the morning. So they give them a pill to help them wake up. And then on and on and on and on and on. And it really kind of opens your eyes to uh, how we have a major problem with people in, in abusing prescription drugs, legal prescription drugs, you know, Um and again, it's a documentary that's showing one side of it, too. Even if you only took 50% of what he was saying and ran with it, it, it's still a pretty scary thought. No doubt. You know, I mean, like, for instance, take oxy, oxycodone or oxycontin, whichever one. Um, once they were forced to make the pills so people couldn't grind them up anymore to snort or freebase or inject or whatever, uh, 80% of the sales of oxycodone went down. That's pretty staggering. Yeah. And then another thing to boot with this, with this documentary is the fact that Chris Bell was actually abusing prescription drugs while he was making it. Really? So, does he go into that? He actually does. Near the end of it, he starts talking about it because he's interviewing these doctors and these people, and he's feeling super hypocritical about it all. And then one of the things that's kind of neat in it is – He's talking to the uh, state legislator for California because he lives out in California about this, what he calls the prescription drug crisis. And one of the things he says to him, he's like, well, let me ask you this. He goes, you know, I can go on Craigslist and just type in, you know, Suboxone or Oxycodone or whatever, and it pops up and I can just – I can go meet this person and buy these drugs from him. How come, you know, something hasn't been done to prevent people from posting ads on Craigslist like that like they've done with, with prostitution? You know, you can't promote prostitution on Craigslist anymore. Why can you do, you know, selling illegal drugs? And the senator goes like, um, okay, this is the this is the first I've heard of something like this. Can you show this to me? So literally he takes out his tablet and they go on Craigslist and he shows them 
how to do it. And one of the things Chris had told him was like, I I did this years ago. That's how I knew about it. Truth was, he was doing it that day. (laughs) Um, And then it shows the progression in the movie where like a month later, you know, um, he gets a phone call from the Senate or whatever saying that, you know, like they've, they've started, you know, they, they did kind of like a, a a press release where they asked the people of Craigslist to do this, take, you know, take this down. And then six months later, now there's another, you know, like, um, news conference or whatever, where like this, you know, like the, the police and the center and everyone are working together to get Craigslist to stop doing what they're doing. And so it's like, it actually showed them making a difference in things, which was kind of, I guess, neat. Nice. And then he's like, he goes, so I goes, I guess maybe I, I knocked all these people and got them in trouble, but I want you guys all to know I, I didn't get the prostitution part of it taken down. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it's a, it's a great documentary. It's it's about an hour and a half long. Um, the guy that does it, you know, he has one of those voices where you like to hear him talk like Morgan Spurlock or Morgan Freeman even or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Cool. That's a good shout out. Did you watch any flicks this week? Honestly, I was thinking back on it and I didn't. I've been busy this week and there were a lot of shows to catch up on, but no, I haven't seen any movies. I did see that there's a preview for another show coming up this summer that seemed like something that would be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. What's um, that? It's another crime procedural where uh, they bring in consultants to help uh, solve really tough crimes. Uh, but the show's called Houdini and Doyle. Yes, I saw that. It's um, Scotland Yard Doyle and yeah, and Harry Houdini. Yeah. Solving crimes. Yeah. Back in turn of the century, London. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that and I went, I bet that's right up Mike's alley. Actually, yeah, I have seen the commercials for, I do plan on checking that out. I do. Too. Uh, when it comes out, it's, you know, definitely a British show, like you said. So, but it's got, um, like Michael Weston plays, uh, Doyle and yes. I always like that guy. He plays a Weasley guy, but I think he'll do this well. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for bringing that up. Have you still been watching rush hour? I haven't checked any of that out. I have not. I watched that first episode, and then there were conflicts, so I said, nah, I'm just not going to bother right now. No, fair enough, fair enough. It's not like it's Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. It's Right. They've changed the premise of the show a lot while keeping it the same somehow. Exactly. Um, I watched that movie Holidays I talked about last week. Oh, that was not trending very well on Rotten Tomatoes or any of the other sites out there. I, I don't want to say it's out-and-out garbage. I do want to say that it's not good. <laughs> it's the bin that the garbage goes in? Kind of. This is definitely a glitter box case. Ah. Uh. Um, of the eight shorts, even the Kevin Smith one, I was just like, ugh. Good, uh, you put, yeah, no. Um... <laughs> The, the only good story was the one that Seth Rogen was involved. Not Seth Rogen. Seth Green was involved in. That's not surprising because Seth Green tends to be involved in good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed that story, and that was that surrounded um, the, uh, the you know like the new Samsung virtual reality glasses that they have. Mm-hmm. Something a product similar to that in line, okay. uh, except it showed you like parts from your life. Interesting. And, like, things that were going on, and he acquired the glasses under an unscrupulous means type of thing, and and it's, it's good. It's good. It's definitely worth checking out that, that one short, but the rest of the movie's not worth checking out at all. 
Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed because um, the concept sounded good. The, you know, the director sounded good. The casting, some of the casting was good, but, you know, it as a whole. Not so much. Not not so much, no. Yeah. Kevin Smith, I don't think, can really do horror well, uh, as has been evidenced by his recent tries. I don't know, dude. Tusk was very disturbing. Yeah, and to me, disturbing is not a good quality of a horror movie. Like, if there are disturbing aspects of it and they help make the movie better, then that's one thing. But just to be disturbing, I don't know if that's really horror to me. The thing, okay, I don't know if it was disturbing or disturbing, but uh, did did you watch it? I have not, no. Okay, well... Go right ahead and talk, though. At the end, Justin Long's character has been transformed into a walrus to the point where he can no longer be assimilated, reassimilated to society, and he's left to live at, like, an animal rehabilitation center as a walrus. But is he a walrus with a human brain? He is so mentally broken, I'd say no. Okay, I gotcha. But, like, it was so disturbing to see him in the human skin made walrus outfit and how it's just it was disturbing like not queasy oh my stomach feels gross nothing like that just like more of a like that oh i don't want to watch this again wow not because it was that bad but i just yeah it was just it was it was it was messed up hmm yeah yeah i don't know that i'll ever watch it yeah, I, I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't if I were you. I mean, I'm going to watch Moose Jaws when that comes out. And I'm going to watch Yoga Hosers when that comes out. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch, watch Yoga Hosers. But, ugh, like, I, I, I watched Red State. I have no interest in ever watching that ever again. Right. I can't wait for the new Clerks movie to come out. I look forward to Mallrats 2. Yes. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I can't think of why I'd ever want to watch Tusk again. <laughs> Unless you were doing a uh, torture marathon. You could do that, and uh, what yeah. was that one? You could do uh, Cabin Fever, Tusk, and uh, the first Hostel. Ugh, no, thanks. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to waste that much time and continuously. Right. Um, so if you don't have any movies, I do have a couple trailers I'd like to touch on. Yes, go right ahead. Touch away. So the first one's going to be a trailer called Precious Cargo. It looks like a really good, like, action-adventure heist movie uh, where the bad guy's Bruce Willis. And a lot of times in the trailer, he does the Bruce Willis look stare. You know what I'm talking about? With the head cocked to the side. Yeah, yeah. Beady eyes and everything. And, you know, it's uh, a girl gets kidnapped. A guy gets forced to do something he doesn't want to do. And then, you know, then he goes after Bruce Willis at the end and blah, blah, blah. And it really looks really, really good. I actually, I will check it out when it comes out. Here's the thing that just really throws me. The action star hero of the movie, Mr. Zach Morris himself, Mark Paul Gossler. (laughs) Well, you might have just sold me now. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm watching it. I'm like, he's kind of pulling this off. He's pulling this off. If he can be a guy that does gay porn on Law & Order SVU, I guess he can do this. Oh, and don't forget Franklin Bash. Franklin Bash was excellent. Yeah. It really was. But, yeah, he was really pulling it off. So, I mean, I I definitely will check it out when it comes out. I don't know if – I feel like it's going to be like a direct-on-demand or DVD-type movie as opposed to hitting the theaters. But, um, yeah, I was just – I was like, Mark Paul Garcela, I'm going to have to watch his trailer. Holy crap, this is good. (laughs) Nice. 
And then the other trailer I saw, I watched this morning, is for The Magnificent Seven. Oh, yes, I did see that one. With Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hogg, Vincent D'Onofrio, Byung Hun Lee. Man, does that look good. That looks really, really good. I mean, I like westerns a lot, and I like it because we don't get a lot of new ones. Hey, honey, Vivian's going to eat your straw. And, um, yeah. This that, looks that just confused the hell out of our listeners. Well, my 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 cat is is about to take the straw out of my wife's drink, and I was gotcha. giving her a heads up. Um, but yeah, this this movie it looks great. It looks really really good. It really actually. does, and I've never been a huge Western fan. I don't yeah. dislike them, but I've never been like a huge Western fan. And I saw this; somebody showed it to me, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, I want to see that movie." Yeah, it does. I mean, and then the cast. I mean, Denzel's, what, 60 now, I think. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Chris Pratt. Well, that's the thing is, uh, when I had the link sent to me, the yeah. little image on there was Chris Pratt in a cowboy outfit. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be a goon movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you think. But no, not at all. That's going to be really good. So, yes, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think that, that is going to be in theaters this fall. I don't have an exact date based on the trailer, and I didn't. I didn't look it up otherwise. But yeah, I remember not looking it up either. Yeah, so I'm really yeah. That's gonna be great because I watched like um, like Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight was a a west a western of sorts. Yeah, <clears throat> but it wasn't. Um, it was a Quentin Tarantino western, which basically took place inside one shack the entire time. Right. So it really it's the time frame for it is kind of interchangeable like it could have taken place at any point in time essentially you could have done this movie not just in, in the western era but you could have done it like during you know, like the, the, the 1900s you could have done it during um, Roman times I mean like that the story it's, I mean, it's a great story don't get me wrong or anything like that but what happened in it wasn't western related if you will gotcha I see what it's you're saying. Basically, good guys and bad guys stranded at a snowstorm can't go where they're going from. There's backstory involved, and you know there's a lot of murder and mayhem. But it could have taken place at any point in time along the way, you know. So it wasn't like Western Western. I gotcha. Guess. Whereas this is definitely you know like it only works in this time frame. I see. Yep. So yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I saw a trailer the other day that I was reluctant to watch, but it actually looked like something I may check out at some point. All right, what'd you watch? I watched The Do-Over. And the reason that I was reluctant was because it's yet another Adam Sandler movie. Okay, like, this sounds familiar somehow. All right, so what's Adam do this time? Well, actually, he's playing second fiddle to David Spade. Now, I'm a big David Spade I'm fan. I'm sorry, what? Is he still, he's still doing stuff? Uh, that's the thing, I know. Um... I love David Spade. I've loved him since the early days. Uh, he's snarky and quippy and has no reason to be because he's just a little guy. And uh, the movie looks interesting. It's the old premise of, you know, the guy's got a terrible life. You know, at one point they show a uh, pool. He's mowing the lawn around the swimming pool. And he says, you know, that that's his pool. But it's he's pointing out, you know, his wife, her kids. Uh, her ex-husband, they're all playing in the pool. 
Yeah. So he's the downtrodden, beaten down guy, and he's got a loser job and a loser life. And then he goes to his reunion and he reconnects with his old buddy from high school, who's played by Adam Sandler, who is now an FBI agent, and says, let's get you out of your rut and let's go and do some exciting stuff. And they do a bunch of exciting stuff and have some adventures. And then it turns out he's not an FBI agent. He's wanted by the FBI, I believe, something like huh. that. Um, yeah, it's not something that I'm like, I've got to see this, but it looked amusing enough and not like a, oh my God, it's another stupid Sandler movie. Like, uh, the ridiculous six. Oh, I know. Like I, there's a, a, uh, oh, cool. A Western we get to watch 10 minutes later. Oh, a Western I'm going to shut off. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, as much as I have a great sense of humor, this is horribly racist and yeah. inappropriate and. Unlike, of course, The Million Ways to Die in the West, oh. which was hilarious. Like, I've that's watched a that Western movie. comedy parody movie that is brilliant. <laughs> I've seen it so many times, and it's still funny every time. I love it. I love it because it, they they people really could die a lot of different ways. They sure could. People die at the fair. People die at the fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a that was a great flick. Uh, actually, I just remembered one more that the wife and I watched this week. We watched Daddy's Home, the uh, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie. Oh, how was that? There was some funny parts to it, but I think the genuine consensus was it, you know, it, it came together at the end well. Mm-hmm. Like the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so, I guess. But getting there along the way kind of was Okay. Gotcha. I, I had a feeling about that. One of those where most of the funny stuff was in the commercials. It really was. Like, the funniest bit in the entire movie, I think, was given away in the in the preview. And it's when he's drunk at the basketball court. But you don't know why he's there, but he's just there. And, you know, he's doing one of those. If he makes a half-court shot, he wins a t- trip to Disney World. And he instead just spikes it right in the cheerleader's face. Right. And she takes a wicked digger on the ground, but that's in the trailer. Yeah, it is. And that is literally like I think the most like laugh out loud moment of the movie. Ah, that's like, too bad. You know. And it was kind of disappointing because I had been sitting there thinking like, when's the last time I sat and watched a comedy that just really made me laugh, like uproariously through the whole thing? And I can't even think of it. I rewatched 22 Jump Street the other day, and that okay, made me laugh you know again what? all the way through. I think it's when we were down at Rhode Island Comic Con, we watched 22 Jump Street in the room that night. <laughs> because I, that that's probably the last time I just laughed uncontrollably at a movie. Yeah. It, yeah. There was just so many funny – like, it made fun of itself constantly. Oh, absolutely. Do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I have for me this week. That's all I have for me as well. All right, then. Well, I, I think we've talked a little bit long enough. Thanks. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Episode 7. Yes, of, Episode uh, 7. This week? Yeah, 7 down. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at, uh, at uh, SuperstarML. And I'm on the Twitter at, at TheQuantumGeek. That's G33K. And you can find the show at uh, What Did You Watch? And uh, drop us a line if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or uh, suggestions for maybe documentaries or anything to watch. I do like watching a good, uh, ridiculous documentary. Yeah, and I like watching good stuff. So let us know. All right. Well, hey, have a good week. Thanks, everybody.